Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Did you know Abraham Lincoln consulted mediums to help formulate his policies while President of the United States? In 1891, Nettie Colburn Maynard published her memoir entitled, Was Abraham Lincoln a Spiritualist? She provides a detailed account of her experience of giving medium sittings for both President and Mrs. Lincoln. In 1856, at the age of 15, Nettie and a friend began to sit and develop their mediumship. They sat daily for a year. It was much easier for people in the 1850s to sit and develop their mediumship since distractions such as television, movies, radio, and the internet did not exist. In her book, Nettie writes that Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation was inspired by the spirit world. The truth about mediumship is our first conversation today, followed by answering the question, do our pets join us in the afterlife? Meet Carrie McLeod and Philip Dykes, international evidential mediums and tutors, who I have witnessed demonstrating their mediumship well over 50 times. They run the Spirit and Soul Foundation in Scotland and demonstrate, give readings, teach globally, both in person and over the internet. Carrie and Phil, a warm welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Hi, Sandra. Thank you for inviting us. It's a pleasure to be here. Hello, Sandra. It's lovely. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, you are most welcome. So question number one, how long have you been evidential mediums and how did you get started in this? Okay, I've been a medium for off and on for 25 years. I never set out to be doing this work, funnily enough. Um, it started in 1996 and I walked into a spiritualist church, which there's quite a few in the UK, but I walked into one in Dunfermline and really I started from there, met a gentleman called Jock MacArthur. And he took me under his wing and took me to development groups and then helped me start private readings and learn about myself, my own soul, about mediumship. And then I started working in the churches and centres and halls within Scotland and then through the UK and latterly in the last four or five years outside the UK. But it was never an intention of mine. But I always said to the spirit world that wherever you allow my path to go, that I am absolutely in service. And so here I am speaking to you. Thank you, Carrie. How about you, Phil? It's been a very similar journey as Carrie. I've been aware of the spirit world from a very, very early age. One of those childs that always lived in the imagination um, and it got the attention of my parents. 
But again, it was round about just before the year 2000 when I walked into the first spiritualist church and I felt very uncomfortable. I felt very nervous. Didn't know what it was all about, but I was intrigued. And I remember the experience of the, the medium working and saying, I need to come to you. I have your grandfather. I remember the contact like it was only yesterday. And he said at the end of it, you're a medium. And I thought, oh, you must be talking to somebody else now. But again, all the way through the service, he couldn't pull away from me. So it was a real journey from there, exploring mediumship, exploring the um, religion of spiritualism, but actually finding myself. So I went from church to church. I went from reading to reading, trying to find some answers to what it was all about, how it worked. And it was from that aspect I started to discover that latent talent or ability I had to commune with the spirit world. And from that moment, it was going from different areas within the United Kingdom, different churches, going to abroad, to now working online, to working internationally. It's been a real journey, but with having a scientific mind, I always still question, I always still challenge what I'm given, what I hear. And I think that's a healthy way to be. So round about 20 years now, 20 odd years, I've been working as that medium, but I still question. I still look for different answers. I'm still looking for extra explanations and different different experiences to fulfill that real thirst within my soul of being a medium. So I think as we move along, we always still question. But around about 20 years, Sandra, I've been working as a medium now. That's a long time. And you mentioned spiritualist churches. On my journey, I came across them. I didn't, there's not too many in America, but could you just give some of the basics of what a spiritualist church is and how they're tied in with the afterlife? Mm-hmm. Spiritualist churches are, well, spiritualism is a religion in its own right. It's what it's acknowledged and seen as a religion now. And it goes back many, many years. If we go back, oh, hundreds of years, spiritualism came into itself. And anybody wanting to research spiritualism, type that into one of your search engines and just research away because it is fascinating. But the spiritualist churches within the UK have the philosophy of the seven principles, which is a a guideline and it's by no means rules or regulations. They're concepts that everybody has their own understanding of. And one of those is that there is proof that there is life after physical death and that spiritualism proves this. And it proves this and supports the theory through evidential mediumship, which becomes part of our Sunday services. So a Sunday service will have songs, it will have a philosophical address by the medium, and it will also have some evidential mediumship contacts by the medium, or also known as messages. And that whole service is there to assist people to that are looking for answers, or are seeking um, to fulfil a curious mind, or are grieving. And it's funny because the the story of the churches in the United Kingdom actually started in America, Sandra. 
in a little place you've all probably heard of called New York, in one of the states there called Hydesville. And it was the Rapins within the family known as the, the Foxes, and there was three daughters. And it's that percussion of raps, that intelligence of the alphabet code, that started the first forms of intelligent communication. And it was a lady from that era, from that time, that travelled over to the United Kingdom and actually started a church. And from that point, it started to grow. Wow. And grow it did. And I know it's gone up and down in the journey of of mediumship. And now, uh, due to COVID-19, the three of us and some other friends have created one of these Sunday gatherings, spiritual services online. We can tell you more about that a little later. So let me ask you guys, what really is mediumship? Um, Mediumship is ultimately about healing. If we look at the healing process allowing people both in what we would call the spirit world or the unseen world and the physical world to progress beyond what has held them back. So it's about healing the hearts of those that are here to know that their loved ones are safe and well and happy in the spirit world and that anything that wasn't said or indeed was said now doesn't matter. There's also the healing on the spirit side of life where somebody who didn't get to say what they needed to or didn't get to behave or do the things they should have or wanted to or felt that they could have can come back and communicate through a medium to say, I'm sorry or I'm here or I see you. It's also to provide that proof of the spirit world, to provide somebody with that support that their loved ones in an unseen way are still with them. We know that there are forms of light and sound that are invisible to the human eyes and ears. And that's how we explain the spirit world being an unseen world. It just is in a um, form that we cannot pick up ordinarily in a normal waking state in the human um, physical world. But it also plants the seeds of awareness in the people left here. Mediumship plants that seed. It was for Phil and myself that sparked the curiosity that made us ask the questions that then allows us to unfold our own spiritual qualities and awaken our own spirituality and find out who we are. Because we often go from day to day behaving in ways that seem appropriate or that are expected of us. But there's maybe that something missing within us that often prompts us to ask the question, who am I? What is my purpose? What are my likes and dislikes? What are my morals? And this is the beginnings of that personal journey that really is part of everybody at some point in their life will have those moments that they reflect and ask those deeper questions. Well, mediumship allows somebody to go for answers and then leave with more answers needing given. So they leave with more questions, they leave with a curiosity, and they leave with a knowing that there might be more. So it's the healing, the proof, but the planting that seed of awareness within somebody that opens up their own spiritual journey or that curiosity about life. 
Well said. And it is a journey. Life is a journey. And we are all souls that we get to bring that forward in the afterlife. But speaking of the afterlife, how do you know the afterlife is real? I think the afterlife or that that actual um, experience of the afterlife, knowing it's real for yourself, is a very personal experience. One of the experiences I have um, is I was brought up through the Methodist churches. Um, I used to attend the Sunday schools, reading the Bible, and I was told about God. I was told about the spirit world being completely different to what I now believe. And it's through that education and teaching that my mind was quite rigidly set. But then as I started to become aware of the spirit world and I had what we can call psychic episodes where I saw the spirit world, heard the spirit world, had a physical interaction with the spirit world in different ways, that I started to challenge that ethos or that question of what was ground into me by the religion of the Methodist faith. And it was when I was working or should I say talking to uh, my parents, I saw a dead relative walk into the room and I was absolutely speechless. And it was after that I questioned what was happening. I was questioning my sanity. What Was I having an episode? And I remember speaking to my mum about it and the first thing she did was take me to the doctors. So we had a good chuckle about it and the doctor said, have you ever looked into spiritualism? Um, so we'd opened a can of worms. We're Methodists, spiritualists. But again, it was further proof where I started to hear the spirit world very, very clearly telling me things that certain people were going to come into my life, um, these certain relatives, things were going to happen around. So it really got my attention. But without those experiences, I'd still be questioning. And even now, I think it's healthy to have that sceptical mind to challenge what we hear. Every good medium out there should challenge the spirit world, not question, but challenge what is it you're telling me? What is it you're showing me? What is it you're trying to get me to experience? Because it's that experience that opens the spiritual awareness up. But again, I go back to the beginning because it is about that personal experience, how we feel, what we see, how it affects us physically, mentally, and emotionally. Because we're taught through life that A equals B equals C, going through the alphabet, one and one is two, factual things. But we're talking about a world that is unseen, unheard, and doesn't interact in a way that we human people or humans do, where we can see each other, touch, because what we see, we can accept. And it's these experiences of that spiritual nature that we do see, that we do hear, that we do communicate with, and that intelligence knows exactly how it's affecting you. Very much like the early days of spiritualism with those reports and knocks and the alphabet code showing there's an intelligence working. And I think it's a very important journey of self we go through. And it's understanding that that can only give you, the recipient of that experience, that understanding that there is a spirit world, but everyone's evidence or experience will be different and should be different because we all are individual and have different mindsets. Oh, we'd love to find out more about this and find out from you too. What is the difference? If we all have a soul, what is the difference between psychic and mediumship? We'll be back with Carrie and Phil in just a minute. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot shades. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and along with international mediums, Carrie McLeod and Philip Dykes, we were discussing the truth about mediumship. So Carrie and Phil, we're just getting into the conversation. What is psychic and what is mediumship? It's a really good question, Sandra. And it's often confused as being two of the same, and it is not. Psychic is... Something that is natural to absolutely everybody. Everybody that dwells in a body that is living and breathing has a soul. And that soul is naturally intuitive, naturally in touch with how they're feeling, 
what they're wanting, their loves, their desires, their hates, their dislikes, their potential. The soul is really in touch with everything. And the soul emanates in something people might have recognized as being the aura. So the soul and the auric field are all connected. And that's everything that's us. Everything we brought from the spirit world and everything we'll take back to the spirit world is in that, what we would call the emanation of the soul, which is in the aura. Now, if I read you, for instance, Sandra, you're still living and breathing and living on this planet. And therefore, I'm going to be reading your auric field and your soul. That's called a soul to soul reading, also known as psychic. So everything that you have done up until now, so everything you had for breakfast, everything you did as a youngster, the little things you got up to as an adolescent, and some of the joys of being an adult are all in there. And a good psychic should be able to read the auric field and the soul of a living person and give a really, really good psychic reading. A good psychic reading is where the recipient leaves feeling seen and heard and understood. And the psychic reading often is misinterpreted as going to get the answers to one's life, going to a psychic and being told that they're going to meet somebody or going to see somebody or going to have an occasion arise in their life. Well, actually, psychic isn't really meant to be about that, because if we acknowledge that we are thought and action, then the action happens when we have the thought. Now, a psychic might well work with the mindset of somebody. So, Sandra, for instance, just let's make something up. Just say you had the thought of moving home, but if I misinterpreted that as you are going to move home, then I could, in a way, convince you that that's the right thing to do. But as a psychic, I should be saying, right now, I get the impression that you've got thoughts about moving home. But I also know you have some doubts about that because I'm feeling into the soul. So a really good psychic reading should help the person feel more equipped and empowered to make their own decisions, having been reminded of who they are. Now, if we move to mediumship, it's kind of the same thing. However, a recipient no longer is breathing. They're in that unseen world. So what we would do is we would work with the emanation of their soul, their aura. We would then connect my soul to theirs and we'd do exactly the same. However, normally when this happens, it's because somebody that is living wants to hear from them, wants to know that they are okay. So I read that person in exactly the same way as I read you. I say about their life, I say about their memories, their experiences. So a mediumship reading should be all about the person in the spirit world, all about their life. Whereas a psychic reading should be all about the person here. And sometimes we hear mediums do a mediumship reading from the spirit world, but end up talking about the person living. Well, we have to say that 99% of the time that medium is switched to working psychically, which in itself is not a bad thing unless they don't know that they're doing it.
So really, as um, recipients, we should be really well trained on what to expect when we go for a reading, whether we want a psychic reading about our life or whether we want an evidential mediumship reading to really get proof and reassurance that our loved ones still are existing and are okay in the spirit world. Now, guys, mediumship can have a real bad reputation. When I first got involved, the last thing I wanted people to know is that I took a course in mediumship. And speaking of that course, it was a wonderful course. It was one of the first things that uh, told me that the afterlife is real. But at the end of the three days, I got a nice calligraphy signed document that says now I am an official medium and the recommendation was to go out and charge $150 an hour back in the early 2000s and call myself a medium. Instinctively, I knew that was not the right thing to do. But unfortunately, I do believe that there are some mediums out there that don't know about the training, are doing the best they can, but they really aren't in service of the spirit world. Can you talk a little bit about how long training really should be? And unfortunately, what's going on right now currently with mediumship? Because we three and many others want to really bring up the level of mediumship. Yes. Mediumship, how long we, we should be training? Well, it's a very simple answer, Sandra. It's a whole life experience. It's a whole life journey. That training never stops. We're always trying to improve. We're always trying to get better. We're always trying to blend at a deeper state with the spirit world to get that evidence that brings beyond doubt that evidence of we survive physical death. So training, and like you said, you can go on these courses for three days and get a certificate. That can't happen. That that shouldn't be happening today because it's a lifelong journey. When do we know we're the complete medium? Well, we'll probably only find that out when we're in the spirit world. But again, if we look at the, the mediums of the olden days, the pioneers, we're looking at 30, 40, 50 years service but training through the mechanics of spiritualism or the mechanics of mediumship, learning the different forms of mediumship, learning that it's not a mentalism or through the mind, but it's through the soul, as Kerry pointed out with the difference between the psychic and, and the mediumship there. But that training is lifelong, going through clairvoyance, going through clairaudience, going through clairsentience, where we see, we hear, we feel, and many different faculties of them as well. So it's not a straightforward learning process. It's an experiential process of the soul because the person, the medium, can't develop without their mediumship developing alongside them. So they develop, the mediumship develop, and that's what we call the spiritualization of the soul. That definitely can't be learned in just three days. These things where we get certificates, where we're given the, the uh, incentive to go out and charge hundreds of dollars, it, it, for me, is a nonsense. What we need to do is be training the people or training the trainers of today because that's where mediumship falls down. That's where sometimes mediumship gets a, a bad rap or a bad title. Um, why the reputation of it? We hear what Kerry said, people proclaiming they're in touch with the spirit world but working psychically. All the information is about the recipient, their need and what they want to hear. And it's not always the most accurate either. We're, we're taking things home like doggy bags of information we don't understand. That shouldn't happen either. So the training 
is very disciplined, very long in life experience, and it's not something we can learn in three days, a week, a year or two. It's progression, it's understanding. We can go to as many courses as we want and learn all the fundamentals about mediumship, how it works, but then we've got to go out and learn it in real life when we're demonstrating, when we're practicing private readings. It's going through those real-life experiences really develops the medium, really makes that training vital. So we can have all the theory we want, but it's the exper experimental side, experimental side that we really need to have behind us. That's the one that creates growth, creates thought, creates understanding. So the more that we understand the faculties, the needs of mediumship, what it's really about, the more and the better training we will have. And that is lifelong. And that's why we do get that bad rap where people are skeptical because they've gone for a reading or to a demonstration and they've been told nonsense. They've been told things they can't understand and they go home and check and they find out that it's not true. We need to be dealing with factual evidence that can be never questioned. And that experience only happens through the experimental side of developing self as well as the mediumship. Thank you, Phil. I've seen you guys demonstrate numerous times, and I wish the person, you, my friend who's listening right now, could walk in my shoes to see these two in action. They are specific, bringing back shared memories. And let me just ask you, as for being a sitter, a recipient with a medium reading, what should we do or not do? What should a sitter do is really, really easy. There are just a few words that they need to know. And these are those. Yes, no, and I don't know. Really, that's all the sitter should be saying to the medium. Because if the medium is with that communicator in the spirit world, if the medium is with your loved one and understands how their mediumship works, understands how to work within their clairvoyance, their clairsentience and their clairaudience, then it's up to the medium to get that message from your loved one for you. And what we see all too often is the recipient saying more than the medium. For example, we saw a demonstration online where the medium said, um, you can understand something to do with buses. And the recipient proceeded to tell the medium all about what the buses were to do with. But you understand the letter P connecting with him. And the recipient once again proceeded to fill the medium in on all the evidence. Now, if I were leaving that as a sceptical observer, which I am, I'd be saying, recipient gave the medium all the evidence. So how can that be evidential mediumship? Or we see mediums that are giving evidence to do with the recipient and they're working psychically. So again, I'd be leaving asking, but that medium told the recipient about their life, not about the person in the spirit world. If the sitter just or the recipient says, yes, I understand that. No, I don't understand that. Or I don't know. It really helps the medium 
because a no means, oh, I've done something incorrectly with that thing that I've been given. And then the medium goes back and works through that sense and that feeling and that picture that they've received or that voice that they've heard from the spirit world. Just because they've heard the name Paul doesn't mean the recipient's, the communicator's name is Paul or the recipient's name is Paul. It might be it's a surname. It might be it's the name of a church. It might be it's the name of a street. And it's only when we take that into the center of our soul that we use for the mediumship that we can understand that. So really, I would say every good sitter needs to only know yes, no, and I don't know. And if you're told that you're being an um, unpleasant, unhelpful or difficult recipient, then I begin to question the mediumship that you're observing and experiencing. Thank you, Carrie. And I know you guys have a code of ethics. Can you talk about that? Yes, we have a code of ethics that the contact's not clear and understandable. You get your full money back. We don't carry on. We know as the medium whether it's working or not within literally minutes. So as we always say, we have that code of ethics about returning monies, but understanding there's codes of ethics as well that we're never going to leave somebody confused. We're always going to make sure that their well-being is in order in the way of how they're thinking about things such as we're never going to say anything that scares them. We're going to make sure that they're safe, secure, and and feeling good within themselves because that's what mediumship should do. And we're never going to predict things, diagnose things. We're never going to really go down that because we have laws in the United Kingdom that stop us doing that, and rightly so. We hear so many scare stories about these things that are happening out there, and we need to put this right. Well, we'll be back in just a minute to hear more of your thoughts on this. And then also we'll ask the question, do our pets join us in the afterlife? You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. 
one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hi, this is George Norrie, and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeart and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and along with international mediums Carrie McLeod and Philip Dykes, we're talking about mediumship readings. It's great to go to a medium. It certainly is. But are our loved ones with us? And is there a way we can build a connection with them? Absolutely. It's what we call building that bridge. And that bridge is the human consciousness, allowing it to be inspired by that communicator, that loved one. And you don't have to go and see a medium to have that experience. If we look at what sitting in the power is, which is it's different to meditation. Meditation is a, is a mental guidance through a journey that you can picture and follow and, and listen to. Sitting in the power is very much a natural blend with life life itself everything that has life within it so from nature through to human soul through to the divine presence of what we will call god or that source of life however you feel about it but as we sit we're sitting in our own awareness that awareness that as we close our eyes and we pretend we're stood in a darkened room everything becomes alive just because we've dulled one sense it enlightens and heightens other senses, our hearing, our feelings. And if we look at the nervous system, it's got all those little nerves in it that very much we feel touch. We feel that little nip as somebody comes along. We feel the touch of something brushing against our skin. Well, actually, the extension or what we call the auric field is an extension of that nervous system. And through the conscious awareness of self, we're expanding that nervous system. We're expanding that auric field of energy. And it's that that we're starting to sense through. It's replacing the eyes. It's replacing the ears. It's replacing the physical feeling. And it's through impressions, through that network of sensing, that it has a profound effect on you, the sitter. And it's at that point where we heighten everything that that unseen world, that spirit world, can come in and blend with us. And it's not a frightening experience, the most loving and influential experience we can have in life. As that loved one that we've lost that's gone before us to the spirit world or heaven, wherever you want to, whatever you want to call it, is able to commune through their senses to you. You can see them, you can feel them, and we can just be overcome by emotion because once we feel that love from them, again, it can have a real emotional effect on us. So yes, by just sitting, allowing the breathing to become relaxed, 
by being disciplined, feeling into the area around us, and them just impressing upon it. And the more we do it, the more sensitive and stronger we get. The bigger the experiences we have, the closer they can come to us. And some of the experiences we've had, some of the experiences in the training sessions we've done in large audiences of over 100 people when we've got them to sit. I remember one lady coming forward and saying, it's 18 years since my son's passed. I wanted to see him. And she was overjoyed, the emotion that he, she got to see him. She got to feel him. She got to hear him. And it was by just closing all the normal senses down and going within and just heightening those senses through breathing, imagining breathing a colour in, quietening the mind, and just letting that consciousness drift and blending and coming in that it's made such a difference. It's not just used for practice of building somebody's mediumship up. Everyone can become spiritual and spiritualized through the practice of sitting. And even the benefits of it on our well-being, centering ourselves, de-stressing ourselves, and bringing that mental health and strength back to us as well. So there's many benefits, Sandra, of sitting in the power. Oh, thank you. How can people find out more about you and maybe attend one of your free events or the Sunday gathering, or if they choose to have a reading with you? Sure. They can head to www.thespiritandsoulfoundation.co.uk. And on there, you'll be able to access all of the things we have. Some are free. Some have a small cost to them. There's private readings, the spiritual assessments, spiritual coaching. We've got psychic training mediumship training, online demonstrations, and of course our free Sunday gathering, which you host with us, Sandra, and that's every Sunday at um, 7pm UK and 2pm Eastern Standard Time. So we know that there is a need out there to know more, and you don't have to pay a lot of money for training or private readings. We know that some people charge huge amounts for private readings. You'll, you might question when you go on the website as to see how much they are. It's not a trick of your eyes. It's what your reading should be if somebody is truly in service to the spirit world. Oh, thank you both. And before I let you off the hook, we're going to move on to our next segment. And it is if there's ever any evidence of our pets joining us in the afterlife. I very much believe that pets are in the afterlife. There's been so much proof as they've come through. But as we know that pets bring us so much comfort when we're here and the loyalty, so it makes sense that they're in the spirit world. And I always remember many, many years ago, um, I was doing a private reading in aid of a charity. Um, it was an organized night at one of the local churches. And I remember that this contact, and, and I, I still remember it today, it was full names, addresses, and I was thinking, you know what, this is really good, keep this coming. And there were several different people coming through, full names and addresses, all these wonderful memories. And I got really caught in that magic. Then all of a sudden I looked at the sitter and there was no emotion, there was no response, there was nothing. She fully understood it, but I thought there's something, I just got this feeling something's not right. Then all of a sudden I said, I'm aware of a dog, a little Yorkshire Terrier dog. And it, the dog smiled at me and I thought, now I know it's not smiling because I know dogs and, and our pets mimic our behavior. But then all of a sudden I just got this impression, 
the dog had been trained to smile. So I just said, I've got this Yorkshire Terrier here and it's smiling at me. You taught it to smile. Then we, we almost drowned in her tears, the emotion and everything that came through. But it, it, the dog showed me through clairvoyance how it used to jump up on the lap, how it used to snuggle up under the jumper, how it used to cuddle into the neck, um, all these little things. And that's what she was after, that contact of that loyal, loving, unconditional loving pet. That's what made the difference. Mm -hmm. And it taught me an important lesson that our pets are there, but it can be the simplest things, the simplest interactions with an animal, a pet. And we've had similar experiences with cats and other things. Um, but again, it can be very emotional for people just to hear from them or be aware that they're in the spirit world. Oh, that's beautiful. Carrie and Phil, thank you so much for being our guests today. It's been our pleasure, Sandra. Thank you very much. We'll continue now talking about pets and the afterlife. For anyone who has had a pet, I'm sure you will agree that the love we feel for our animals can be much deeper than we feel for people. Why? Unconditional love. No matter what you say or what you don't say, they live in the present tense. Dogs will greet you with excitement, wagging their tails. Cats will crawl on your lap, let you stroke their backs and purr under your fingertips. No judgment, just love. They listen to our stories in the best of times and the worst of times, and they keep great secrets. Our pets can be our angels, can be our heroes, can guard us and keep us safe. There's something divine about our pets. In fact, did you ever realize that dog, spelled backwards, is God? They are pure souls, no hidden agendas, and they don't carry baggage from the past. Their lives are much shorter than ours, and that may just be because they get to love a whole bunch in a short lifespan, where it takes us many more years to be that loving. I caught up with my friend Karen Anderson, who is a police officer turned animal communicator with over 24 years of communication with over 20,000 pets. She is the best-selling author of the books, Hear All Creatures?, the Secret Inner Life of Pets, and The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. Karen, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much. I've been so excited to talk to you, and I'm just grateful to be on your show. And thank you, by the way, for hosting such a beautiful show. I think it's so important to share this information and just, I, I love talking about the afterlife. It's my, it's my favorite topic. Oh, it's mine too. Karen, I know you are an animal communicator, but how did you first learn pets go to the afterlife? It was um, not on purpose. I actually didn't believe at first, this sounds terrible, but it's the truth. I didn't really believe that we could communicate with a deceased pet. You know, remember I was a cop and I came from very evidence and factual, yes. you know, if you don't have evidence, you don't have a case. So I was like, you know, no way. If, you know, if an animal passes away, there's no way you could communicate with it. So again, I was, you know, surprised to find out that an animal who has passed on, no matter how recent or how long ago it was, is still very present, very much with us, very much connected, tuned in, watching over us in their favorite places, doing their favorite things. It's almost as if nothing has changed for that pet. In fact, 
they are free from pain and they love their freedom that they can zip around and go with us places that they could never go with us before in physical form. So it was quite by fluke and shock just in the thousands and thousands of sessions that I was conducting that I started communicating with departed pets and their messages. And what blew me away, Sandra, was their messages were very present time. They didn't say things like, well, when I was alive, I liked, you know, chicken or whatever they would say. <laughs> it, <laughs> they would girl. talk about... They would talk about the here and now, like my mom got up this morning and she had crumpets for breakfast, you know, and it's like, what? Your mom had a what? A crumpet. And I was like, what's a crumpet? So this is me having this conversation in my head with this deceased cat. And it turns out that the client did indeed have crumpets that morning for breakfast. A friend of hers had sent them from England as a gift and she had crumpets. Well, I didn't even know what it was. I had to look it up. It's like a little English muffin thing. But of all things, for a deceased pet to talk about, that's great. you know, eating crumpets. So that's the stuff that, to me, is evidential. That's evidential proof. Who would know that? It's not like I followed this lady around with a hidden camera in her <laughs> no. kitchen that morning and watched her eating a weird English muffin thing called a crumpet. You know, that, to me, was so shocking, so amazing, and so brilliant, and just like, kaboom. I couldn't get enough of it, and I was fascinated that a departed pet could share such present-day, moment-to-moment information about their human, their life, and what was going on. That, to me, just is mind-boggling. And so I I really started to focus my attention and, and sharpen my skills so that I could obtain those messages from departed pets because it was the clients who came to me who were grieving and struggling with the loss of a pet. That's where I noticed when I delivered messages from their pet, even if it was like a crumpet, I mean, it sounds crazy, but that client would have this miraculous healing take place. Like they were grieving and in pain and, and unable to focus and overwhelmed before the session after the session they were smiling and happy and you know oh my gosh I feel so much better and this just is amazing and I can't believe he's still with me and he saw me eating the crumpet that was like to me that's where I realized this is what I need to do when a, a departed animal can deliver one little message one teeny tiny little message but it changes the whole perspective of that human and it moves them into a space of healing that they could never have found before. Oh my gosh, I'm all over that. I'm all for that. Amen, sister. Animal communicator Karen Anderson and I will be back in just a minute and we'll talk a little bit about grief when we lose our pets and answer the question, can we communicate with our own pets in the afterlife? You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. With age, women and men have issues with fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Dr. Nathan Newman has developed Luminess for amazing results treating these issues with his stem cell-based formula, APT200. Try Luminess today with our postage-paid starter kit for only $19.99, available exclusively at HealthyLooking.com. Join thousands of satisfied customers using Luminess. Learn more at HealthyLooking.com. Hey, it's producer Tom of Coast to Coast AM, and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I'm here with Karen Anderson, animal communicator and author of the book, The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. Karen, losing a person can bring us intense grief, but I would have never imagined losing a pet could cause so much pain. Can you talk about why that is? I really, truly feel that and I mean no disrespect to our human loved ones, but I really truly feel that in my experience, I have been so deeply and profoundly overwhelmed with grief by the loss of a pet that I have gotten to the point where I felt like I was having a heart attack. I literally felt physical pain in my chest. I hurt so badly. And there is a condition called broken heart syndrome that is real. It's really a real thing, and it affects women more than men. But it is a physical reaction to grief. I mean, this is real stuff we're talking about here. And 
you know, this pain from a loss of a pet, we start, you know, doubting ourselves, second guessing, you know, how we cared for the pet. Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right decisions? Did I take him for the right procedures? Did I keep him here too long? Did I take their life too soon? Do they forgive me? You know, all of these things that we beat ourselves up for over and over again. And on the flip side of that, here's the pet coming through to me happy and smiling and excited and they're having a great time and they're um, light and beautiful and shining and loving life and they have no regrets and no sorrows and and here we are stuck in our grief and we can't get through it we we can't it's like it pulls us down and it's so heavy and what our animals the i'd say the big takeaway for your listeners the big takeaway here is first and foremost your pets love you more than anything else in this world. And there is nothing that you did in the care or the end of life that is going to change that for them because they know that you came from a place of love and that you intended to do the very best that you could, whatever the situation is, even when accidents happen. I've had clients that have accidentally run over their own pets. I have a clients that have accidentally caused the death or put their animals in harm's way, let their dog out to go outside and didn't shut the gate and the dog passes away when a car hits them. I mean, you name it, I've had a client with that experience. It has never failed that the animal comes through. First and foremost, this is really interesting to me. The humans want to focus on that moment, that horrible moment. And guess what? The animals don't. Sometimes, Sandra, they won't even talk about that moment, the moment of death, the moment that they were hit, the moment that something attacked them, the moment that they died. They don't focus on that. That's a human, that's a human thing. Animals want to talk about happy times, joyful times, good things, positive things, funny things. It's the human that keeps bringing me back to the blood and the gore and the, you know, reliving this horrible, torturous moment. The animals don't even go there. So I will honor whatever the animal wants. If the animal wants to talk about it, fine, which is rare. Um, sometimes I'll see a flash or an image or I'll go, oh, that didn't go very well. But very rarely do they want to discuss, like, the worst moments of their life. They want to, us to remember and celebrate the love that we shared, the good times, the happy times, all of those special memories. The way they died or the end of their life does not define who they are. And humans tend to make the animals death and the way they passed more important than their life and celebrate who they are as the living wonderful companion that they had for all those years. It's a weird um, um, comparison of the human perspective versus the animal's perspective. And I'm still to this day fascinated by the animals just don't go there. Even when it's, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just saying I work with a lot of mediums and it's the same thing that loved one might come through the human loved one and deceased might come through with just like matter of fact here's how i die just for the yeah. confirmation that yeah this is me but then they want yeah. to talk about how they lived and the shared yes. memories and the love and those kind of things so 
Yes, it's true. So we have a lot to learn from our pets and from the other side. Are there things that you've heard that, oh, my God, only the pet could know? And now you know. Oh, yeah. You've had okay, those. Got, yep. I've got a few. Got okay. a few for you. Okay. So. Um, I love your stories, I, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I connect. I've got a million of them. I was connecting with a deceased cat. This cat was um, a beloved kitty. He lived a long time. He was a stray. And then this woman kind of took him in, took care of him, and, and he lived in her yard. And beautiful boy, big, like, tabby stripe boy. And um, she was on her way to a meeting, and she was running late. And so she was backing her car out of the garage. And um, she didn't check where the kitty was, and she backed over him. Now, he didn't die from that, but he was um, pretty severely injured. And so she took him into, of course, the emergency, and um, he sustained some pretty severe injuries. Well, when I was connecting with him, he had passed on from a result of his injury. So he didn't die at that moment. He died about two weeks later. So during the session, the cat, who's deceased, kept showing me an amputated leg and kept talking about a leg amputation. And what was throwing me off was that it was a human leg. It wasn't a cat leg. Now, me and my little puny brain, as I'm doing this in my own head, I'm thinking, why is this cat showing me a human leg when he was the one that was run over? And I know he sustained leg injuries because he couldn't walk for a while. And I didn't understand why he was showing me a human amputated leg. So I didn't say anything. Finally, the cat kept sending me the same message over and over again. It's just like the universe. When we get that same message over and over again, it's like, you need to pay attention. So I finally said to my client, I don't know why, but your cat is showing me this amputated leg, and I don't understand what that's about. And all of a sudden, she went, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, Karen, oh, my gosh. And she starts crying like like uncontrollable sobs, crying, crying, crying. And I was like, oh, what did I do? What did I say? I felt horrible. Well, when she composed herself, she says, I can't believe you said that. And I said, well, fill me in. What, what's this all about? She says, I said, did he, did he lose a leg? She goes, no. She goes, he didn't lose his leg. He lost mobility for a while, but he didn't lose a leg. She says, I was in a, a terrible car accident about three months ago, and I had to have my leg amputated. Now, the cat had been gone. Cat was gone when she had the accident. He was already passed. So that gave her, that was her one little message. I always tell my clients, you'll get one little message that will change your life forever. <laughs> you might get more, but, but there will always be at least one message where you go, without a doubt, hands down, there is no way Karen was, you know, following me around with spy cameras or drones or whatever that will change your life and, and prove to you that the afterlife is real, our pets are there, they're with us, they're present tense with us, they're not in a faraway place, they're not, you know, up in the clouds, they're here with us, watching over us, around us, just like they were in physical. That was a monumental moment for that client, and it finally helped her heal. She said up until that point she had really been struggling because she lost him, you know, she ran over him, caused, she felt caused his death, she got in an accident, lost her leg. She was on a downward spiral. She was depressed. She couldn't do anything for herself. She's having to rehab and learn how to do. She just didn't want to live anymore. 
I deliver that one little message, she is now volunteering at the local shelter. She's going to uh, hospitals and doing lectures and talking to people about, you know, having losing a limb, others who have lost a limb. She found, oh, I'm getting chills right now. She found this new purpose in her life, this new sense, and it's all because of that one little message from her cat. Oh, that's so great. And we are in the business of not only healing hearts, but giving people life again. So whether it's through animal communication or uh, learning something about the afterlife or near-death experiences or mediumship or whatever that is to get people back in their life again. Because I know it, you know it, when we close our eyes the last time here on Earth, we're going to open them up again and everybody's going to be there and pets included. And we want to look back on our life like we went for it, we made the most of it. Not when my animal or my beloved spouse died, I gave up living myself. Because so many people die inside when they're experiencing grief. And meanwhile, our loved one or loved animal is just around. Karen, is it possible that, and I, I think I know the answer, like I went to bed not too long ago and felt like my cat Millie jumped up, jumped up on the bed. And she's been gone quite a while, but I actually felt that. So when you say they're still around, is that something that people could feel or get that sense if we're in tune with our own soul? Yes. And, oh, I hear this from the animals so often. Um, it takes a lot of energy for a departed spirit to manifest so that we can see them, hear them, or feel them. So most of the time, our departed pets will come to us in our dreams because that's when our uh, subconscious brain is more open to receiving information. We're less likely to discount it as, you know, false or, you know, our brain won't kick it out. So we're open to receiving those energetic visitations from them. Those are real. Our pets are really visiting us in our dreams, and some of them can be quite vivid. But when they actually manifest, when they you feel them walk across the bed, when you feel them brush past you, if you hear their toenails across the floor, you hear their their uh, chain, their metal, what are those, tags, their tags clinking, the bowl moving, the doggy door flap moving. When an animal manifests to do something like that, it takes tons of energy for them to do that. And they get so overjoyed when we acknowledge them. You know, is that you, Millie? Is that, I just felt you jump on the bed. Please do it again. You know, I welcome your visits. You know, I miss you. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. When we do that, we fuel them with spiritual fuel. They can then send more messages, manifest more. When we discount it and say, oh, it's my imagination. I must be tired. I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm hearing or what I'm seeing. It must be the wind or, you know, who knows. They get so frustrated because they're trying so hard to let us know hey, I'm here, I'm with you, I'm still around, you know, talk about me, think about me, you know, remember me, say my name out loud. When we pay attention to their messages, and they can come in all different forms, you might even feel the warmth of them up against you, but when you reach down, you don't feel anything. Um, It, that's them, that's really them, so Tell them how happy that makes you. Get excited about it. Ask them to send you more messages. Give them the spiritual fuel that they need so that they can keep sending more messages. The more you pay attention, the more they will send. Oh, Karen, I love your stories. 
Am I correct that your books are filled with stories? Oh my gosh. If you want stories, those books are full of stories. And The uh, Amazing Afterlife of Animals is my most recent book. And The Journey, uh, Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator was my first book. They're full of stories, actual sessions of clients who have uh, very excitedly wanted to share their pictures and their experience. You'll get actual uh, snippets. These aren't whole sessions. Remember, these are just snippets that I've taken from various sessions. You know, some sessions go an hour long, so you can imagine I can't put all of that into a, a book or a chapter. It would just be too much. So, um, yes, if you want stories, those books are full of stories. I'm actually writing my next manuscript, which is going to be just a, a continuation of more stories, more afterlife uh, messages from pets, and, um, and that's what I'm working on right now. Oh, thank you, Karen. A big thank you to Karen Anderson, author of The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. And you can visit her website at animalcommunicating.com. This is Sandra Champlain, and you've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. You've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. For shows like this and others, please make sure to tune into the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone.